This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Today I'll be ministering on your own commitment. Must say my commitment. Yeah, my commitment. In making sure that these prophecies come to pass in my life. Because our God is not an irresponsible God. It's not. There are demands that will have to be satisfied if this word, these prophecies that have been released, if they will have to come to pass in your life, there are things that you must do. There are things that you must do. When prophecies come, they come to fulfill three things from the scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and also comfort. He who speaks in tongues speaketh not unto man, but speaketh unto God. Amen. But he who prophesies is not prophesying to God. Hallelujah. He who prophesies does not prophesy to God, but prophesies to men. So prophecies are for you. When prophecies come, they come to do these three things. Number one, edification. To edify means to build up. From the word edifice, to make you, to build up, to charge up. Number two, exhortation. They come for warning. So you know what to do, what to avoid, how to pray. Number three, they come for comfort. Some of you have gone through issues, things. You've trusted God and it seems as if God has failed you. You've believed every word that comes from the mouth of his prophet. As confirmed by the scripture, all those things have not seen them come into your life. Sometimes, you know, God will prophesy to you so you can be comforted. So, prophecy brings about comfort. When God speaks to you, it brings about comfort. A warning, exhortation, and also a building up. The word of God that has come forth will never make a man to remain the same. 
You cannot remain the same. It's not possible. Sometimes in your season of fear or doubt, when you receive the prophecy, it calms your spirit. Brings about comfort. One of the things that I'm trusting God for, that before the end of this year, every word spoken concerning my life and concerning us as a community of believers as founded in the word of God confirmed by the word of God that it shall come to pass I can't hear somebody say amen, amen. It means that God can never leave you worse than you came here it's not possible. Jesus Christ does not. Be, so sometimes when people say, oh, somebody prophesied to me, I see you dying, I see these things, and then you begin to shake. No answer. Just leave you there. You begin to fear. What do I do? Hey, ah. They saw, they saw blood, 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 blood everywhere. <laughs> what do I do? Jesus Christ can never give you a word like that. Hmm? Brings comfort, not fear. And then when the word comes like that, it tells you what to do. That is exhortation. Warning. Simon, Simon. Satan wants to have you. He wants to sift you like wheat. So he can have you. But I have prayed for thee. Did you see that? As the prophecy was coming in, answers from the Lord was also coming. So he brought comfort to him. That even when he messed up and he remembered... He became so great because of the prayers that has gone before him. So, these prophecies shall come to pass in your life. This is the biblical perspective of seeing prophecies. Hallelujah. I see God bringing answers to your lives. Somebody has not yet received this word. If you know what God is talking about, your email will be deeper and louder. It's taking away every confusion in the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of the Lord prepares you because prophecy brings about opportunity. It's God speaking opportunity to you. Opportunities. So you need to be prepared. Somebody please help me say prepared. Uh-huh. Because opportunity or prophecy without preparation is problem. A huge one. God gives the word and you don't prepare. Now, how do you prepare? This morning, I just list about maybe four or five ways, five levels of preparation that you need every time God wants to visit you. He comes by first of all saying it. Every time that God wants to bless, he says it by saying it. When our Lord Jesus Christ, when he had the plan to save humanity, First thing he did was he said it. He said it. A virgin shall conceive 
and shall bear a son. He will be called Emmanuel. He said it 500 years before it happened. That is prophetic destiny. The things that God has said concerning you, about you. You can look at it even from the history of the people of God. When God called, it, called that Abraham, everything spoken came to pass. He will say it. This is how your seeds will be. He will say it. I remember even between Abraham, I mean, when Abraham gave birth to Isaac, the promised child, according to the word of God, Isaac also blessed Jacob and Esau. The Bible says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. The Bible says, and he worshipped, leaned upon his staff. He called all his children and told them what would befall them in years to come. That is prophetic destiny. He was saying it. Saying it. Said it. Sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the books, it is written of me to do thy will. So there is a volume of the book of destiny. God opens this book and then he says it. Is, you know, he reads from by spirit. By spirit. So that you know God's agenda for you. That was Jesus Christ speaking. I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. God's agenda for him was written in the volume of the books of destiny. But he himself had to meet some demand so that the word of God can come to pass in his life. So prophecy and preparation equals to success. You need to know, you need to understand this. Hallelujah. Number one. Be faithful. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. Number one, you have to be faithful in godly living. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Bodily exercise profited little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. So God expects that you live a godly life. A godly life. If you are here, for example, and you have not yet received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you are not yet saved. You have not yet come to him and say, Lord, I know I've been running my show, my life, myself. Please have mercy upon me. I repent of all my sins. Today, I want to receive you into my life 
so that the things I used to do, I will do them no more. I want to repent. I have godly sorrow for the things that I've done. Most of us don't have godly sorrow. It is godly sorrow that leads a man to repentance. When you know, you know. Not the pastors forcing you to come for altar call, no. But responding to the spirit of God, you know. You know that you have not, you know that you are not his child. You know that if you died today, you will go to hell. The Bible says, there is a spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, that bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. If you don't have that witness in you, and every time you come to church, Jesus Christ spoke about you. He spoke about people who are stiff-necked. People who are uncircumcised in their hearts and in their ears. People who resist the Holy Spirit. Maybe you are here, for example, you've been coming to church, coming to declare praise. And every time you hear this word, you harden your heart. Means we are resisting the Holy Spirit. We are stubborn. Your heart is not just circumcised. Circumcision is what takes away the false king. And it's a mark of commitment to Yahweh. Your heart is not, you don't tremble at the word of God. God is saying that this morning, this word is especially for you. That you please release it. Why? Because stubbornness will lead you into the city of the dead. Those who are steep-necked, they will be broken in pieces. This morning, as the word of God is coming forth, I invite you. Because if God's word must come to pass in your life, first thing you need to do is for you to know Jesus, for you to come into a communion with him. So that the very life and nature of God will be imparted into your spirit man. You cease to become God's creature or a creation. You become his child. His child. Not just an ordinary human being, but a child of God. The Bible says that he came to his own his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them, God gave the right to become the sons of God. Even as many as believed in this day. So you can be a child, a son, a daughter of God, irrespective of your background, if you just receive him as Lord and personal Savior. Doesn't matter whether you are a Buddhist, a Hindu, or you are born in a Christian home. It doesn't matter. What matters is you coming to receive him as your Lord and personal Savior. When you know that the life you are living is not worthy of his praise, and you say, Lord, this morning I surrender to you. If I have people like that this morning, I charge you as the word of God is coming forth that you ask Jesus and say Jesus please come into my life this morning
let this morning be a morning of change for me. Please don't pass me by. I release myself to you. I want to be your child. I want to live a godly life. So number one, it's in you living a godly life. The Bible says, godliness is profitable unto all things. Having a promise of life that now is and that which is to come. Means there are two tiers of life. The life that now is, the one that are living right now on earth. He said it is profitable. You make profit. It blesses you. To be godly is a good thing. Sometimes people run away from God. Thinking, thinking that they will lose. Or they will be a loser. They say, ah, this born again thing. I will lose many things. Yes. You will lose those same things that kill you. You will lose sin. And the power of sin. The same things that will destroy you are the things that you will lose. But you will gain. It says, beloved, I wish above all things that I might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. God is interested in the prosperity of all the realms of your existence, spiritually, bodily, financially, materially, emotionally, every aspect of your life. God wants to add value to you. So the first thing is for you to receive him as Lord and personal Savior. As the word of God is coming out right now, if you know that you know that you have not yet received him as Lord and personal Savior, bow down your heads and say, Lord, come into my life today. I do not want to be stubborn. I'm hearing your word. I do not want to resist the Holy Spirit. It's possible that a man can resist the Spirit of God, but please don't resist him. Hallelujah. Number two, So the first thing is be faithful to God. And I pray for someone right now, making those prayers even right now, and saying, Jesus Christ, come into my life. I agree with you in the precious name of Jesus. That you, as you begin to confess your sins to Him, I pray in the precious name of Jesus that you will find mercy before God. Thank you, King of Glory. Hallelujah. Is the one that died on the third day rose for your justification. Thank you, King of Glory. Blessed be your holy name, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name. As many who have done that, the Lord bless you in the precious name of Jesus. Number two. So you are faithful to God. Number two, be faithful in the little that you have. Luke chapter 19 from verse 17. And he said unto him, well, that good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. He said, thou good and faithful. So it is not enough for you to be good. It's good to be good, but it's not enough. It's not enough for you to be wise. It's not enough for you to be powerful. You must be faithful. You must be faithful. 
and also faithful in the little that has been committed unto you. The little. Maybe you are here, you are just earning just 20,000 naira every month or 10,000 barely to keep your home. God says, be faithful. Some people say, oh, that job is too small. But God is saying, be faithful. Be faithful to that little committed unto you. Listen, when you are given an assignment, you know, many people like microphone. Oh my God, in church, like microphone. This microphone has caused many problems in many churches. Not in this place. You want to be seen. Pastor gives you an assignment. You like to come and handle microphone. But the small assignment that pastor has given unto you, you are not faithful. God says that if you are faithful in the little, he who is faithful in little, in a few, will also be faithful in much. You don't have to be the pastor before you can be faithful. You don't have to be the MD of your company. You don't have to be the CEO. If you are just only a messenger, or probably God has given you a job as a receptionist, be faithful with that work. This year, God is going to reward faithfulness. Can somebody say a very big amen? So, be faithful. Be faithful. I remember a man called David. If you check it in the book of 1 Samuel, discover that David was given authority over a few sheep. The Bible says a few, few. It wasn't as if there were many. The sheep of Jesse were just few. They were few. But do you know what? He was faithful. Even though they were few, he took ownership. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 28. You will see it there. It says, with whom has thou left this few sheep in the wilderness? Few. Sometimes when we hear of David, we think as if, oh, he had them, you know. He had cattle that were just, I mean, there were just many in the wilderness. No, there were a few. But he was faithful in the few. That was given to him. It's not enough for you to be good. It's not enough for you to be wise. It's not enough for you to be powerful. You must be faithful in the little that God has given to you. And when God sees that you are faithful in that little, he will bless you. Just like he did David, who was faithful in just keeping sheep. God called him and made him a king over his people. He saw his faithfulness. He was prepared. He was godly. Not only that, he was also faithful. Please help me tell somebody, say, be faithful in the little. Sometimes we preach about big, big things. But big things start small. When you are faithful in the small things, and then God will now make you a captain over many. I pray in the precious name of Jesus that this year you will not disappoint God. I can't hear somebody say a very big amen. I can't hear somebody say a very big amen. I say I cannot hear somebody say a very big amen. God will multiply you. And you shall not be few. He will also glorify you. And you shall not remain small. But be faithful 
with the small, small thing that God has given unto you. And God will locate you. Let me give you a testimony. I never knew I could preach like this or never planned. I know sometimes some people are planning. They are planning and they are never planned that today that I'll be preaching and that God was going to use me to be a blessing to so many people. I never knew. I have never prayed or have sleepless nights praying and say, God, please open up the doors for me. I want to go to America to go and preach. I want to go to England to go and preach. Ah, Father, Lord, promote me this Never. I have invitations lining up. Some of them I rejected. From here, some people just saw us and said, all the way from America, you knew. We have invitations right now in America, invitations in Canada, even the Ireland, they had to push me because I needed to hear from the Spirit of God. But do you know how it started? I never knew. That was why even my donation as a pastor in RCCG was delayed. I didn't know. What was I doing at that time? Some of you knew me in Central Parish. I was the one who was in charge of cars. Cars. The Holy Police. We started it. So, every Sunday, Sister Mo, you were there. She was there. I lie not. I flatter not. Every, every Sunday, you know, thank God for my tall frame. If any thief came around, you don't see this man. Uh-huh. So I was now protecting people's cars. So I will pack the cars. Every morning I'll get there before people start coming. So we quickly pack all the workers. You know, women's center. Pack everyone, you know. And then now I'll now stay there. Not going for service. I mean, I'll just be there so quiet. The place was so quiet. But you know something? That was where... I received some of the most powerful messages that I've preached today. There, the car park. When everybody's inside, sometimes we hear people shout hallelujah. I say, ha, God, what is happening inside? Something must be happening inside. But then, I was just outside, just keeping the cars. I was very faithful. When Pastor Banneri said, Tony, come, let's go to Kaduna. Every week, we go to Kaduna. I said, no, no problem. Let's go. Let's go. So I will be the one to drive Pastor Kofade Peba and Pastor Banuri to Kaduna. Every week, we started off the, the parish there. We go Saturday, do Sunday service there. After that, we go for visitation. After the visitation, we come back to Abuja. On Tuesday, middle service, we rush back again to Kaduna. Because Gio told Pastor, Pastor Banuri and said, start a parish here. In Kaduna, after the first Holy Ghost service there, I said, Yes, sir. I said, Tunde, come. I was so faithful. He sends me, I go. I know how to follow people. This one I know. I know. I know how to follow people. Everything he tells me to do, I know since it's the word of God, I did. That was how I started. Then later on, he withdrew himself. I will be the one to drive. Sometimes we'll, you see accidents on the way. Sometimes we'll come back 12 midnight, 11 o'clock. When we get there, we'll sleep in the hotel, Hotel Flamingo. Hotel. We knew almost all the hotels. We are doing that for several several months. It was running to, uh, how many years? You know? Yes. But it was so interesting. That was the sweetest part of my ministry in this, upon this platform. I enjoyed it. People thought I was suffering, but I was enjoying it. I was faithful. Every morning, ask my wife. Kick, kick the car. Move. 
Boom. Today, Trinity Parish is now the largest parish. It's even a province right now in Kaduna. This is exactly what it means. As I was thinking about this message, this came to my mind. And it said, share this, your testimony with people. That was how I was. I came down. Pastor would tell me, I didn't do this, I do. Do that, I do. I wasn't a minister. He said, God spoke to him that you are the one to start the church, the throne room. I said, me? He said, yes. Amongst all these ministers, he said, no, you, you. So he called me out. That is how you have the redeemed Christian Church of God, the throne room today. And you're very beautiful people. That was how it started. Please, be faithful. Tell someone, say, be faithful. Oh, tell him, say, be faithful. I said, tell the person, say, be faithful. In the little committed to you. And today, I conclude with this one. Number two, number three. Be faithful in another man's business. This is how to prepare. Faithful in the godly living. Faithful in the little. Some of us don't know the meaning of what, I mean, what it means to volunteer. May I just say this before I round up, you know? Listen, if you have no job, this is a concept that is that is against our culture. But it is biblical. You can be a volunteer. You can offer your services for free. When I finished from the school of pharmacy, I didn't want to work in the hospital. Between the time I got the job and the time I was just hanging around, I said to God, please, use me. I want to volunteer in the church. That was how we started praying every day. People thought, probably I knew some of all these things many years ago. No, I did not know. I came in here green head like a big fool not knowing what to do I'm telling you the truth my brain was empty it was from those prayer meetings every morning I go to church and we pray I just say God please let me just do something for church and for God while I'm waiting volunteering will bless you you see my wife she was volunteering at the pastor's house. She committed a one-year NYC just for God. I said, God, I want to do this as a service to you. That was where I found her. Where she was serving. She was serving. She was serving. So if you don't have a job, meet someone. Please, I have this skill. Can I do it for free? Young people don't know the benefits of volunteering. It's a big blessing. It's like you sowing. In fact, God is watering you. You put yourself in a place where God waters you. 
sometimes, you know, you learn many things. Interpersonal relationships. You know how to relate to people. I never knew we had crazy people in church. Until I started to volunteer. I said, ah, that guy, it's probably I said the guy not to know the normal. Not to the normal. <laughs> Someone just come. So you know how to deal with human beings. These are some of the skills that you require to survive in life. So after doing your master, don't just sit at home. Do something. Listen, we have people in the church office who have come to volunteer. All of them today are unemployed. Debbie is one. Another one just got a job just about two weeks ago. She said, Pastor, please, can I come and serve in church? I remember another one said, Pastor, can I come and serve? She called me. And the day she came to serve, after about two or three days, she got a job. Some of all these big boys you saw, I mean, that you see in the church today, all these big boys, they started very small as volunteers. We have one room. How many people know that room in the church office? Huh? Many of you passed through the room. Today you have family, you have cars. God has blessed you. Some of them are writing checks in millions. But we started small. This is the testimony. From that room, huh? you know the room. Obande came out from that room too. See him, beautiful guitar will come. Case, case, case. Do me, Majao. Life is not difficult. Just play your own part. And God will play his own part. That prophecy will come to pass in the precious name of Jesus. If you believe it, go ahead and shout a very big amen. I said, say a very big amen. So learn to give. Somebody say, I'm from, I went to Oxford. You know, Princeton University. You don't have a job. When they bring this one, say this one is small. Who no, me an expert, masters, MBBBX. What's the name? Sometimes I see people are mastering nothing. You finish first degree, or when people want to collect money from you, school is big business. They need your money, so they say you should go for masters. Mastering what? You've not, you have not done anything. You are supposed to have a working experience, so you can master that art. That's why you go for masters. Not just coming fresh and then you just go, masters, they want money from you. <laughs> so when you, after doing masters and PhD, you come out, you are still like green head. You don't know anything. You don't even know how to interact with people. You don't know how to go to FCDA. You don't know how to buy forms. You don't know how to talk to Malam. <laughs> you don't know how to address gate man, how to talk to them. Native sense is missing. <laughs> no, no. You think life is about wearing white suits and white tie. Ah. We are streetwise by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you come back, easily deceive. You don't know whether this guy is fake or not. Ah, I love you. Yeah, yeah, he loves me. <laughs> no sense. Learn to volunteer. Don't collect any dime. And God will bless you in Jesus' mighty name. So the third thing, number one, be godly what? Faithful to God living. Two what? Faithful to what? The little. The third thing is faithful to another man's business. That's the final one. 
Luke 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Luke 16, verse 10 to 12. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Therefore, ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust true riches. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Have you seen that? In another man. Some people say, oh, it's Nigeria. You're working in the ministry. Say, ministry work. So you say, is this my father's job? It's your father's job. Because this is what God looks at to bless you. Because you're a civil servant, you don't go to work early. You just, you, you get there and sleep. You don't, you, you, you need to, see, see what God says here. Whatsoever you do, you do it as if you are doing it unto God. Then God will see your heart and bless you. Sometimes we have Christians, born again Christians, running parallel business. You are working somewhere. You are still in their institutional memory. And you are still doing the same business under. That's, that's unfaithfulness. 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 God says, be faithful in another man's thing. He said, if I'm not faithful in another man's thing, how will God commit yours to you? So the key in getting yours is that be faithful in another man's. So you will not say, oh, this person is not my village man. I cannot be committed. Leave him alone, John. You take ownership of the business. You take ownership of the opportunity. You, just like David, he took ownership. He said, when the lion came, when the bear came, he stood against and said, no, I'm not going to have this once. He fought against the bear. He fought against the lion because he took ownership of, his, of the few sheep. He didn't say, oh, these ones are not my own. They belong to my father. So, huh, lion, take over. He didn't do that at all. Be faithful. Some of us are working on another man's platform. God is just checking you to check your level of faithfulness. And if you want God's word to come to pass in your life, be faithful. So God will not give you yours. This is how it works. Don't say, is it my father's business? When it's time for you to take initiative or for you to spend extra minutes or extra hour at, at work, do it! You won't say, ah, no. I will kill myself. It's not, it's not my father's job. No. Continue on Wednesday. I'm trusting God in the precious name of Jesus that these prophecies will meet preparation and that God will make you a good success. If you believe it, say a very good amen. amen. Lift up your voice and just speak to God. God has spoken to you. Speak back to God. Maybe you are here. You have not been faithful. God will bless you. Go ahead and just pray to God. Lift up your voice and just thank Him and give Him praise. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, 
call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.